0: Invest talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research, and the answer is YCharts: quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com.
1: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peaslee, President, KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: I'm Steve Peasley, and it's October 9th, 2018. The fall season is here on the calendar. And it's starting to feel like in some states, not too much here in Southern California. Not really. And, of course, not in Florida. As you know, there's another hurricane bearing down on them, this time at the Panhandle area. A bunch of residents had to move out. And I think it's going to be a a Category 3 by the time it hits. So that's a pretty heavy hurricane. It's only been three weeks since Hurricane Florence, the last big one with lots of damage. So, you know, that's tough to live in that part of the country. And I know I used to live in the East Coast, right? I graduated college and moved. My first job was in New York City and they didn't understand why people would live in Southern California or California where there was earthquakes. And then I, then I got my first hurricane experience and I'm thinking, gee, this is worse than earthquakes. Get to keep warning you, it's coming, it's coming, and it's coming. An earthquake happens it's over before you know it, but it's just different. Now, of course, our focus on this program is you, your investments, and your continued education on how to become an above average investor. Now, I have an announcement in that regard today. Just and I have set up a new date for a webinar, and that's going to be October 30th, end of the month, October 30th. Now, here's why I think you should make plans to join our free webinar presentation. Now, financial success involves making good decisions on a consistent basis. Now, in order to reach one's goals, it's important to have a well rounded grasp on the various aspects of the financial world. So, Justin and I can help, and, and we do help on our Best Talk listeners here, we can help you to come to the webinar to understand how consistently. You can make better financial decisions. You can. How to do it. And that's October 30th on an online webinar. And it's a great way to get started. It really is. So what are we going to accomplish today on the program? Well, I will provide an unbiased comment as I do every day and an unbiased evaluation on anything financial, any you know, anything you want to talk about. And I'm going to offer a short market history lesson too. Why October 9th remains a part of stock market infamy. October 9th. Of course, today is October 9th. Hmm. I'll explain later. But of course, I'm encouraging you to participate too. You know, you you drive the show, so please call or anytime list online. It's 888-99 chart. But first let's take a call from our any time line, eight eight eight, nine nine two, four two seven eight.
3: David Justin just had a question about bankruptcy. I know a lot of us don't really necessarily think about this, but what if one of the companies we own just goes bankrupt? Does that affect us in any certain way? So I guess what I mean is the stock literally go to zero and if not, if you hold it through a liquidation process, and it actually completely goes out of business? Is that just written off on your taxes as either a short-term or a long-term loss, depending on how long you were holding it? i um, just curious on what the implications would be if a bankruptcy actually was to happen. Uh, thanks for your answer, and I look forward to the answer on the podcast.
2: Okay, that's a very good question. When a public corporation, one that you bought shares in, goes bankrupt, almost all the time the general shareholders, that's you and me, our stock value of that company's stock goes to zero. But you still own the stock. You have to realize the loss. In other words, you have a paper loss, but you didn't realize it by selling the stock. But if it's worth zero, how do you sell it? You can't sell it. Well, what you do is you call up your brokerage firm and you ask them politely, will they buy your stock for a penny? Okay, and they usually will. So now you can have a realized loss, short-term or long-term loss. And short-term, if you owned it for less than 12 months, long-term, if you owned it for more than 12 months. And that's how you actually take the loss. But yeah, as a stockholder, the value goes to zero, and that's into end of the story. And as a stockholder of a public company, you're not responsible for the liabilities of, of the company. It's only if you're a limited partnership. And remember those mastered limiter partnerships that we talked about? If they go bankrupt, it is possible that you'll be, rely, be responsible for more than the loss you made in the stock. You may have to cough up more money. It is possible. Depends on the circumstances. So you've got to be real careful about those. 888 99 chart, Love to talk to you. 888-992-4278. Okay, October 9th is a pretty faithful day in the U.S. stock market history. It's a day on which market boundaries have been crossed and trends changed. And, oh, by the way, we found this story on MarketWatch.com. October 9th was a day that in 2007-2009 bear market began. October 9th, 2007. And that day another bear market ended ended. A bear market ended. Okay? Uh, so that means two major turning points for October 9th. Okay? So, is that, that by the way, that's October 9th, 2002, by the way. It was the, turned up. That was the bottom of the market of the dot-com crash. Okay? So we saw the top of the bull market on October 9th, 2007, and the bottom of the uh, of the bear market uh, October 9th, 2002. So, The same day would change. Now, do you think that's unusual? Is, Is that something that shouldn't happen? The odds are pretty good that it would happen, by the way. Not that they wouldn't, that it would. Would. There has been 73 major market trend changes since 1900. Therefore, we should expect that at least two of them would occur on the same day. In fact, the odds are, as I said, Pretty good. You want to know that this happened before? Uh, For those of you who are interested in this kind of stuff, which, of course, I am, you know, the, the, the history of what markets do, January 5th, January 5th in 1953 and 1960 marked changes in trends. April 28th, 1942 and 1971 and September 21st, 1976 and 2001. So there's there's like four or five of those kind of guys. So chances are overwhelming that on the very day that the market's major trend changes, you won't know it. You won't know it. As the saying goes, Wall Street, they don't ring a bell at market tops or market bottoms. They don't. You won't know it when it happens. Now everybody's investment situation is different regardless of dates. Please know that if you have any questions about how to shape up your portfolio strategies going forward you know, and want to get toward a nice, decent, comfortable retirement, Justin and I have the skills and experience to help you do that, maximize your investment. So if you would reach out to us at KPP Financial in our Dana Point office in California, you know, or if you send me a message through investtalk.com, email message, I will respond to you. And I'll invite you, you know, with any of your, I will help you with any of your financial questions. I really will. Now I invite you with your financial questions on the show. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Today's main talking point, a retiree trap can send your Social Security benefits to the IRS instead of into your pocket. So we're going to talk about how the IRS can take some of your Social Security money from you when you're in retirement And it's all about paying taxes, everybody. It's always about paying to how to pay the least amount of taxes you can. So we'll talk about that today. Some of the other topics. I want to talk about the yield curve and money allocation. Two things, yield curve and money allocation, that are very important and kind of little red flags or green flags. I want to talk about the small business sentiment. 45-year high a month ago, and then I want to talk about the global economy. The IMF downgraded the growth of the global economy for the next couple of years. So, but I'm going to break it down by country, or by major country, not all of them, and give you a heads up on what's happening. So those are the topics today. I'd love to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. What the market do today? You know, it's been down three, four days in a row or so. Uh, The Dow was down 56 today. The Nasdaq was up two. The S&P was down four. The market has hit uh, some speed bumps here in October, which should be expected. If you're listening to the show, you know we've expected it and we've been warning you about it, that October is usually volatile. And I don't think we're done with the volatility. Now, mind you, we could be, but the odds are we're not. Now, I think we're going to have some more down volatility. Down volatility. Market's going to fall more. But I don't know that. You know, I, I always try to warn you that no one knows exactly what's going to happen. I only look at a lot of statistics. I read a lot of articles and understand market sentiment. And we were just too positive, way too positive in September. Something that has to be worked off. And October is a very good month for the work that off because it's done it before pretty consistently. And I'm just expecting it. I just can't tell you how much, where the bottom's going to be, or where the top is. Can, no, no one can do that. You can't do that. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I offer a suggestion for serious investors. Please go to investtalk.com and read about our KPL financial discipline equity strategy. Discipline equity. It's an investment program for clients at KPP Financial, one of a number of programs we have. Now, the decimal equity, by the way, offers consistent exposure to the equity markets. High-quality companies. We like to buy values, you know, with some growth. That's what we like. Check it out. It's Tuesday, and we're taking your questions, so give me a call. 888 99
0: Thanks for listening to InvestTalk. Here's a suggestion that could change your future. Head over to InvestTalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. In particular, you should consider Equity Income Plus because stock investment returns can come from two places, price appreciation and dividend income. Equity Income Plus may well be a strategy you are missing. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live.
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Bruce in Fresno. How you doing, Bruce? Good,
1: Steve. Uh, I'm wondering about the uh, Bed Bath and & Beyond and uh,
3: what, just your thoughts on it. I mean, I mean it, it keeps going down and
0: it's not making... A lot of money, but it's still making money, and I still talk to people, and they still go to it, but it's hitting all-time lows, and I think the book value is around
2: 21. Yeah, and it's $13.92 stock. Yeah, I have a book value. I mean, I I have the book value around 20, 21, too. Bed, Bath & Beyond, everybody. It operates 1,552 Bed, Bath & Beyond and other stores in 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Canada. It's a $1.9 billion company. It, it makes money and has always made money. The problem with 2019 was that the money it's making is a $1.99. In 2018, it was $3.12 a share. From $3.12 a share to $1.99. So that's why it's fallen pretty consistently. I mean, back in 2016, the high was $5.04 a share. So its problem is it's shrinking its earnings, and the price, of course, fell, and the yield is, their dividend yield is 4.5%, so that's good. Sales have flattened. They're not shrinking, they flattened. And I'm just wondering, probably a lot of, you know, Amazon.com competition worried them. It's at a very low, if you own it, I probably wouldn't sell it at this point, It's because it's at a five-year low PE ratio. I just think, I think you. I think it'll probably either hold here or bounce up. And meanwhile, you, you accept the dividend. The dividend's not that's not in jeopardy. That, the cash flow's pretty high. This is Invest.com. Steve Peasley and I hope you can take a minute to subscribe to our KPP Premium Newsletter. I compile it and distribute it every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that has that has that was just passed. Now, I think it's very valuable. Eight eight eight.
0: If you are the type of investor who has been self-managing your portfolio over a period of time, maybe five years, maybe ten years or more, you might be satisfied with your progress. But if sometimes, in the back of your mind, you wonder whether the personalized guidance of an experienced investment advisor could improve your performance, take a minute to reach out to Steve or Justin. You can get a message through to them at investdog.com, or you can call their Dana Point, California office at KPP Financial. There's no obligation with an introductory connection. And now, we are taking your financial and investment questions live. 888-99-CHART. You
2: know, a lot of people don't realize that Social Security benefits can be taxed as income. A lot of people think because you pay your payroll taxes, that's where the Social Security money went. They already took it out of your after-tax dollars, and you, they give you, they take it the government, and then they're going to give it back to you in retirement, and they can ta- they can charge income tax on it, even though it's on tax money that you already gave them. So a lot of people don't don't think that's what's happening, but it is what's happening now. There's ways to try to reduce the tax burden of Social Security benefits. And that means you got to make a lot less money <laughs> in retirement. That's one way to do it. Okay. Because at about this, I think it's single head of household. If you make more than $25,000, uh, that's the threshold. Uh, then ta- then half about half of your Social Security can be taxed, added to the income, half of your social security benefits can be added to the income and tax. And at eighty five percent threshold, uh, uh, about a hundred percent it can be added to your tax. It's a it's a it's a it's a scale, right? It's, so you can't really be perfect on it. If you're married it's thirty two thousand and forty four thousand. So if you you have too much income in retirement, so if you like work part time I mean, there can be situations where you work and you're actually making less money than if it didn't work because of Social Security benefits being taxed at a higher rate because you made too much money. So you've got to be really aware of how this works if you're going to take Social Security. That's one of the reasons why Roths make sense because when you're in retirement, remember, at age 70 and a half, you have to take your IRA, your 401k, you have to take a required minimum distribution. So that's going to be added to whatever income you have that year. Whatever that required minimum distribution is, minimum distribution. A Roth IRA, you don't have a required minimum distribution, and you never have to pay taxes on it because you already paid taxes when you put it in there. That's the thinking. So there's a good reason to have a Roth. It's because if you need to take money out, it's not taxed anymore. It can get complex. Everybody, you gotta gotta really talk to your your uh, your CPA or someone who knows about these things and how much money you're gonna make. You gotta understand how much money you're gonna make. What your Social Security benefits are, what your required minimum distribution is. If you're at age seventy and a half, you really gotta put all these pieces of puzzle together, and so you can pay the least amount of taxes as possible. Okay. So be very, very careful. Let's go to Bobby in Atlanta. How are you doing, Bobby? Hey, Steve. Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call.
0: Sure. Kraft Heinz, do you think it's a good time to buy
2: for long term, like five plus years? (laughs) Oh, for long term, Kraft is one of those big blue chick companies, $68 billion. It's never... Well, I can't say never because you never know. But it is extremely solid. Uh, it, It would be... Very uh, it, 10 years would be no problem. it should still be here and paying a four and a half percent dividend is very good. Earnings are going up unlike the call on the last stock we were talking about earnings are going up every year. In 2017 they made 355 per share. In 2018 they're supposed to make 370. next year 386. And sales growth is kind of flat to 1%, so it's not a big grower or anything. They don't have much debt. Management owns twenty-seven percent. Think about that. A management owns twenty-seven percent of a sixty-eight. percent of a sixty-eight billion dollar company. That's huge, huge ownership by management. That big of a company. Not a very good return on equity, but you don't expect it. Seven percent. But it's right at the low end of its P/E ratio. This is where you should be buying it, Bobby. It's at fifty-six dollars okay. and seven cents. This is the area that you should buy in the low 50s if you can. That would be ideal, but this is a very good price right here. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. And that's for long-term, everybody, don't expect anything exciting. You're going to get 4.5%. That's better than you know sitting in a money market. And it will probably slowly go up in price. I mean, it has over time. I mean, the highest it's ever ever been was 2017, It was 97 dollars a share. Today it's 56. Almost, you know, what 80 percent fall. This is the time to buy these kind of companies. Okay. Tomorrow, Invest Talk. There's a report that claims Federal Chairman Powell, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell, has cost investors $1.4, 1.5 trillion dollars in 2018. Trillion. Can this be accurate? Gonna look into the story tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions now at 99 chart.
4: To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable.
2: YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day.
4: YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome,
2: and informative.
4: YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds,
2: indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal.
4: And now our listeners can try YCharts for free.
0: You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious and Y-charts. This is Invest Talk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no cost and no obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278, we're gonna go talk to Lee in San Mateo. How you doing, Lee? Hi Steve, how are you? I'm good, thank this you for the call. call. Good, good. Um
4: I we have about 150,000 uh worth uh, of Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. and uh, yes. we are thinking of uh maybe uh you know liquidating this into US Treasury Direct and I want you okay you your thoughts on that. Is
2: that a good thing to do? Well, probably uh, because a bond market fund, uh, tracking a bond market index such as Vanguard, even though it's, very, it's a very good fund, very low cost ratio and all that stuff, if interest rates keep rising, Lee, the value of this fund mm. will go down. If you buy Treasuries Direct, U.S. government treasuries are uh-huh. ultra-safe, as you know, ultra-safe. But you mm-hmm. hold a maturity, and you'll get all your money back. Whatever you bought it at, you'll get it all back, plus, plus the yield, whatever they pay, 3%, whatever it is that you, you know, whatever they're paying. So it would uh-huh. be better than a bond fund, because a bond fund, if interest rates keep rising, the bond fund value will keep going down, as opposed to mm-hmm. if you buy the actual bond yourself, they go from par back to par, par value back to par value when they mature, and you get your money back. So it's it's a little bit more secure, your money. And if you're using U.S. Treasuries, it's extremely secure. Okay? Thank See you, Paulie. Appreciate it. I'm sorry. Uh, VBTLX was the symbol, Vanguard Total Bond Market Index. V, B is a boy, TLX. Let's go to Steve in Oakland. How are you doing, Steve? Hey, Steve, doing excellent, enjoying the Tuesday today here in the Bay Area.
3: I had a quick question for you. I wonder what your thoughts are on the ticker WRK, West Rock Company Common Stock. It was down 7.29% today. It's at a 52-week oh, wow. low. Um, it has oh, an wow. annual dividend of about 3.5%. T-Ratio, I think it's 7 Wondering what your thoughts are. Has it hit a low? Is this a good time to get in?
2: Okay, uh, West Rock, I'm just trying to read the news real quick. It looks like it might have been... um, Well, it looks like it was a downgrade by BMO. Right. Uh, Yeah, that that drove it down. Yeah, so it looked like it was downgraded. And, you know, I, I... The market, stock reacts to those kind of downgrades, but what I want you to learn from this, uh, uh, Steve, is you don't react to those downgrades, okay? Matter of fact, or or upgrades. You react to, well, is it a good buy? And you're asking the right question. Does this make it a good buy? Because experts are often wrong, very often wrong. More than you can imagine. Okay, but let's look at West Rock Company. It is an $11.5 billion company. Manufacturers corrugated and consumer packaging for the health care, personal care, food, beverage, and other industries. Uh, Sales are still growing, 10-12% per quarter, Um, and they're they're making a lot of money. Going to make $4.06 this year is the estimate, and $4.52 next year, and it's a $45 stock. So it's at the low end of its range, and it pays a 3.8% dividend. Not a very good return on equity at 7%. That's kind of, you know, just okay. Uh, not a lot of debt. Management owns 2%. Now, after saying all that, the stock is in a downtrend, and you have to wait, Steve, until it's not going down anymore. you got to wait for this trend to stop. And that means it's got to go sideways for a number of weeks or at least start back up. Now, most likely it's going to bounce from this low level. So it will bounce, but you don't buy that bounce. You wait for a retest the low again. This is all about charting and, and and psychology of the market and how people react. Because what happens is people like you think about yourself. You're asking, is this a good time to buy? Because now it got cheap. Maybe I should buy it. You have a lot of you're going to have enough people do that, and that'll make this stock go bounce back up, maybe about half of where it what it lost. Then. The selling will start coming back slowly. And then retest that bottom. You want to make sure you get a double bottom would be very healthy. And you buy it when it comes off the double bottom. Let's say it doesn't have a double bottom. Let's say it bounces and starts moving up. Well, then just wait till it breaks up above maybe the 22 moving average. Give yourself a signal that tells you, okay, it looks like it's trained, changed direction. Uh, the reason why it's probably selling off not just because of the downgrade, it's because this is a very cyclical industry, corrugated consumer packaging. The, that means at uh, tops of economic cycles, these stocks stop to work, stop working, stop working, because you know their sales economy starts to slow. But I don't think that's happening. I think that, that you're going to see an economy rebound here, and we're not going to have much of a slowdown yet. Maybe late next year or the year after. Who knows? But so, yeah, this is a good stock to put on your radar and buy, Steve. It really is. Okay? Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. you. WRK, West Rock Corporation or West Rock Company. 8899 charge. So the yield curve. Remember how we were kind of. I'm talking about the yield curve in the last few months. How it's starting to squeeze. And remember. Maybe I should remind you what the yield curve is. That's where the short-term yield and the long-term yield. Two-year treasury versus the two, ten-year treasury. The yield curve is where those two. Uh, how they react over time. There. What's the. What's. How much yield are they producing, and what's the difference between the two. If the yield curve ever inverts, which means the two-year yield is higher than the 10-year yield, that, that meant in the past, 100% of the time, that we were in or going in a recession. So what happens in the recent months... As a yield curve, recent six months or so, the yield curve was starting to squeeze. In other words, the Fed was raising the short-term rates, right? The overnight rate, that's what they're doing. Where the long-term rate, 10-year, stayed pretty much the same. So it was squeezing. And that is worrisome because it has to, before it can invert, it has to squeeze. But now we've had a huge move up in the long-term 10-year bonds The yield has gone up. The bond values have gone down. But what that's done is made the yield curve spread out. Not squeezing, in other words. Getting more of a normal yield curve. Therefore, that red flag on the market is no longer worrying. Do you see how that works? We don't have to worry about that more anymore because the long term 10 years gone up sharply. Now, another factor out there is called money allocation. There's been studies done that when a, in a portfolio, when the average portfolio allocates 70% or more of their portfolio into stocks, equity, 70% or more, that is a sell signal. And when it's below 50%, that is a buy signal. And this, and this is a study done 10 years after these make those signals. In other words, it's above 70. Okay, look back, go forward 10 more years and then look back, and the market has always fallen. Now, if it's up 50, the market has always risen. Now, trust me, this is not an exact science because there's lots of things in between those 10 years. So what do you think it is right now? Near 70%. Now, it, you should have sold, because it came to 70% in January. Remember what happened in February? We had a 10% correction. It was 70% then. You should have sold in January, and in fact, you still be in cash. And one of the problems with this thing is using this method, you could be as much as four years sitting on the sidelines <laughs> waiting for a signal to happen. In other words, you hit 70%, you got out, And it didn't hit 50% for four more years to get back in. So it's not that good of a timer, timing kind of method. Nothing really is, to be honest. Trying to time the market is very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. You're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I firmly believe that financial success involves making good decisions on a consistent basis. In order to reach one's goals, it is important to have a well-rounded grasp on various aspects of the financial world. And so Justin and I can help you with that. This is why we will present a new online wealth webinar coming up October 30th at 6:30 p.m. 6:30 p.m. on the West Coast. So make sure you adjust your agenda so you can be there. Justin and I will talk about 10 fields you must master in to be a financial for be, to, before you can be financially I don't know astute and free. Want to fill the holes in your investment knowledge. We want to give you a guide to making decisions like a professional. And break down the topics you need to grasp in order to put yourself on the right financial path. Uh, there, there's certain things you have to do if you want to be successful. You have to you have to learn, you have to do it. Okay? So by the way, you'll be learning more about this new offering. Do have have we put? I don't know if we put this out there yet. Have we talked about our investment Invest Talk Academy? Okay, well, we're putting something together called Investment Invest Talk Academy, and there's a lot happening behind the scenes right now. And we'll you know we're going to talk about it. We'll give you more information, but the free wealth webinar will be live on October thirtieth at six thirty. Well we'll talk about InvestTalk Academy more on that program. InvestTalk listeners can register now at InvestTalk.com. Remember, it's free. It's free. You can do it right now. Go to InvestTalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, and we're taking your calls at 888-99-CHART.
0: This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, It can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and on all InvestTalk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, and podcast replays. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. And unlike many other advisors, Steve and Justin always provide unbiased recommendations, unaffected by third-party considerations. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California office, or send a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey, what's up, Invest Talk crew? This is Tony calling from Louisville, Kentucky. I've been listening to your podcast show for about three months, and I am now a fan. And I've told friends about about your uh, your podcast and your website, and I told them they might want to check it out. My question is twofold regarding mutual funds. One, would you treat a newly offered mutual fund like a stock IPO, or do you wait six months before investing? and two fidelity investments is offering four new mutual funds which offer zero expense ratio index funds with like zero minimum investment and no account fees for for retail brokerage accounts do you think it is too early to enter these two very new ticker symbols f n i l x and the second is f z i p x Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Bye.
2: Okay, that's a very good question. A new mutual fund, do you treat it like an IPO? And remember, I've told you to stay away from the IPOs for at least six months because after six months, insiders get to sell, and it usually drives the price of the stock down. But the answer on a mutual fund is no. No, you don't treat it like a new IPO. What you really want to do when a new mutual fund comes out, some of the things you want to look at is who is the manager? See, a lot of times they don't tell you exactly who the manager is. They say a team. Stay away from that. You want to know the manager and then look up his history. Okay? Uh, mutual funds always come out with new, 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 new funds. They always also close old funds. What they're doing is they're playing tricks on you. They close funds that don't haven't worked, that have not worked in the past, that have been bad, so they close them. And they don't get, now they don't count those funds as their performance going forward. So they can say, well, our funds in the bond sector have done X, Y, Z in the last five years. Well, what about the ones that you closed that you don't count anymore, that had terrible returns? So just be aware that that's how they play the game. Uh, this Fidelity Advisor Interim Municipal, Inc., uh, is a... Combination of you know, they have a good team. It looks like they have a pretty good strong team there because I recognize some of the names and they're pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be in bonds. 95% of it is bonds. This is not a time to be in bond funds. When interest rates are rising, it's not a good time to be in bond funds. So I would avoid it. October's moving pretty fast, everybody. We've got a free online webinar coming up on October 30th, and I will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Register at InvestTalk.com. There's still slots open. But for now, we're still here. We're live. We've got 10 minutes left on the program. So let's talk about your finances. What you want to talk about? Any question. Love to talk to you. 888. 888-
0: On the next Invest Talk, there is a report claiming that Fed Chairman Powell has cost stock market investors 1.5 trillion dollars in 2018. Steve will analyze the story tomorrow, but now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls.
2: 88899 Chart. 8889924278. We're going to talk to Mark in Union City. How are you doing, Mark? Uh, not too bad. Thanks for taking my call. Got a question for you. Budweiser, uh, is it going to be, has it
0: bottomed out yet, and is it a good buy to uh, buy it for the next six months? Maybe term will, uh, you
3: know, $10, $20 go up? It had a high okay, of like
2: $1, 12 or something. Actually, its high was made in 2016 at $136 a share. Last year, high was $126, so... Budweiser, everybody knows who it is. 142 billion dollars, huge beer company, right? Huge. Uh, and there's the problem is is their sales have been flat in the last few quarters, and that you know before that the sales were up pretty strong, but now now they've been flat, and they've had been down, down, down all this year, and the question is, has it reached the bottom? Well. Earnings are going to go up. $4.42 next year from $4.04, that's 9% higher. Then $5.02 the year after that next year, that's 15% higher. So at $5, it's a pretty reasonably priced stock, paying 3.9%. So yeah, this is a good good price mark, but I want you to wait. I want you to wait until it breaks above the 20-day moving average, which is $88.72 today. Now, you show, I need to show you that it is at a bottom before you jump in. Budweiser, B-U-D. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Mark. Michael in Tampa. How are you doing, Michael?
0: Doing good,
4: Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was just wondering but, why the casino space is, is getting hammered, and you know, out of the three big names, when MGM, and Las Vegas fans, uh, if it's worth considering these, uh, at these prices.
2: Um,
4: I was thinking I, LBS. I, I got the highest
2: uh, dividend yeah it's paying 5.1 percent it is at a one year low right now it was trying to hold that 59 60 range it looks like it was there for about a month the month of september and into october then it just broke down recently if it recovers to about 60 dollars, i would be a buyer 61 would be I maybe if it breaks above 60. The reason why I'm talking 60 is because that's a 20-day moving average. 61 is a, is the two recent highs in the recent month that it made and couldn't penetrate. If it breaks that, that would be an also, also a good buy point. But it's such a strong company it pays 5.1% dividend. That's not in jeopardy, and profits are high. Sales are growing up. I, I it's hard for me. It's only because it's in a down cycle, the whole industry, and pro- you know, probably a lot of it may have to do with some of the debt these guys carry, and debt is increasing. You know, Las Vegas I, has a I, lot of debt. I see. But you, they can afford think, the debt. Uh, Las, do you
4: think fundamentally Las Vegas is the best name of the three, or it's just hard to do that three-way
2: comparison? I've looked at I've looked at this sector, and my pick would be uh, you know for for my, our clients, and my pick is LVS at this point, not win. Not, okay, okay. Not, uh, okay, appreciate it. All right. LVS is the symbol. Las Vegas Sands, gambling stock. I think everybody knows that. Okay. Small business in sentiment numbers retreated from a 45-year high in the recent month. Now you would say, oh, no, that's bad news. No, it's not bad news. It's so high that coming down a month or two, it's just normal, so I wouldn't worry about it. this. Is put at the, the the small business sentiment number is put up is put out by the National Federation of Independent Businesses Small Business Optimism Index, and it fell nine tenths at one point. Well, it's at one hundred and seven point nine, so it's it's still at a multi 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 decade high, just not at the highest point it was last month. So I wouldn't worry about it much, but what's interesting to see is that there's various components. There's like nine or ten components in this thing, and only one or two are higher. The rest are lower. Current inventory is higher. Expected credit conditions are higher. And and expected retail sales are higher. Plans to increase employment is lower, plans to make capital outlays is lower, plans to increase inventories lower. So it's just kind of interesting to so keep an eye on. You ever notice all these little ports have little subparts of them and you gotta understand those too, not just the top number. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest program, driven again by your questions. I remind our podcast listeners that they will learn a lot more about why our new sponsor and the maker of the software that Steve, and Justin, and I use all the time. Okay? Research, data files, charting, it's all there in white charts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night.
1: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein, Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.